Welcome to the Hacking Your Health podcast with Ben Kenning and Dave Kennedy. Two guys heading out to hack body, mind, business, and beyond. We are here to provide a single source, bullshit-free guide to understanding your body and how you can live better for longer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. I'm Ben Canning. I'm Dave Kennedy. And this is Hacking Your Health. Where are you? I am at my new office, the new Trusted Sec Intergalactic Syndicate Headquarters uh, in Fairlawn, Ohio. I, I actually don't have a lot of stuff set up yet. Um, still trying to get like everything. I don't have monitors, so like literally my computer is on books right now so that I can make, I'm on a standing desk, but, uh, so if, if the sound quality is a little bit different, please let me know. Uh, I got, I got a new, uh, Yeti blue and, um, hopefully it, uh, it is good. I want to get a stand for it. So it's a little bit closer uh, to the face, but, um, you Did know, you get an actual bl blue one. It's, it's called a Yeti blue. It has it's not blue at all. In fact, it's all, if you can see here, it's like all black. Oh, nice. Mine is also black. Is it? Yeah. It's, it's a Yeti black. blue. It's a black, black blue one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why they call it Yeti Blue, but it's 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 definitely good. So, okay, cool. Yeah, so, how are you doing, man? How are you? Yeah, doing good. So I have my um, I've had two sessions from yeah. programming with James, and the one thing that I've noticed straight away is I work so much better with structure. See, having somebody else program for me and tell me what to do, and I go in and actually just do it. Sessions are much better. Feel much better. Like I realize that coaching is my job and I program all the time and I'm aware of how the gym works. But if I go in and I don't have a plan or I sort of written one down myself, I'll just half-ass it and then I'll just not do it. Whereas having the structure from James has been infinitely better. It's, it's interesting. You mentioned that, like, I can't imagine now not having a trainer, uh, from a structured perspective, um, just because it's like such a, a critical part of my life where it's like getting up and taking a shower or, you know, Hey, I have an AT&T wireless bill or, you know, it's like the, the things you do day in and day out, like a personal trainer is part of that existence of what is my life. And, you know, I don't ever see myself really going back to a, a non-structured type of approach. And, and I, you know, I was, I was actually thinking about today, I was doing my check-in photos uh, today and doing my measurements, which by the way, my uh, waist is down, my hips are down, my biceps have increased and my, my calves stayed exactly the goddamn same. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, to, on a calf. note on that, on a note on that, I trained calves today, probably for the first time, probably in, in about two years. Dude, I, I, it, they, watch they out, <laughs> you watch, you watch like, out. I feel like calves are like this magical muscle that you know, just it, 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 it's it's there, but it doesn't do anything. Like you know, like it just doesn't so, grow. Again, actually, point the note that I think the the main issue that I find with calves, or I have found, is it's actually because it does quite a lot. So because you're on your feet all the time and it's moving quite a lot, and that sort of whenever you're walking, that flexion and extension through your ankle, because it does quite a lot, you have to put a serious load through it to actually really challenge it. So, bit of perspective on that. So, so what you're saying is lift heavier. Just lift heavier, do more. Lift yeah. heavier. That's the reason that, that could be like a model for, for all life. You know? Like, <laughs> how do you want to get healthier? Lift heavier. Lift heavier. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting. But going back onto the, the whole topic of, of personal trainers, um, it's just great to, to 
be able to have that structure in place that allows me to take certain things out of my life and have somebody else really managing in capacity. It's no different than, you know, having somebody that manages your calendar, for example, which I still don't have, by the way, I have over 300 employees and two businesses and I still manage my own calendar for what it's worth. I don't have a secretary. I don't have an assistant. Like I don't, do why that not? Enough. Why not? That's interesting. You know, I, I don't know. I, just, I uh, control. It's not, I, I, I'm, I am the least controlling person you will ever meet in your entire life. Like if there's a responsibility that I can dish up to free my time, I will do it. Like, like don't care. It's, it's more so I, I feel bad, I guess is the best way of putting it. Like, why should somebody else have to manage my schedule? And like, I don't know, it's, it's, it, it's a weird thing for me. I don't think I could ever have somebody that just like manages my schedule and like my day to day, because I feel like that's like, a, I don't know. I, it's, just, it's just a weird thing. I, I, I just never had it. And it was funny because, like, even when I was at Diebold, we had a, a a secretary that would, you know, share calendars between the CIO and I was the chief security officer there. And I would never use her. And then she came in one day. She's like, hey, like, this is my job. Like, I won't be able to do my job if you don't do your stuff. I'm like, okay, 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 okay. It's fine. And then, and then it was great. It was awesome. But, like, I don't think I could do it again. So. <laughs> Well, I mean, how would we then coordinate what we're doing? Like, would I have to talk to someone else to like book the podcast times? Right. Like, See, like, that, that, that just wouldn't work. That wouldn't work. No. I'm sure, obviously, like, you know, like stuff like this would obviously still remain the same. Like, we would just text each other like we do all day long, and you know, share pictures of our muscles and everything. But, um, you know, but uh, uh, I think that the point that you're making, and I think we've touched on this before. Like, you know, having a coach and um, what we do is you've basically delegated your health, well-being, fitness, yes. nutrition, training to me. So yep. it's the same as you do with things in your business and things in, you know, everyday life, whenever it's a case of there is somebody else who can take control of that, then we just do that. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it takes a lot of the concern out of myself too. I mean, you, you know how long it's taking me to get over my, my whole weight stipulation thing. I, I feel like I'm finally over it. Like I don't care what my weight is anymore. Like if I'm going off, I go, go up five pounds, I went up five pounds, you know, like, like I, I don't care at this point, but, uh, you know, for me, uh, you know, having somebody that, that is continuously pushing and saying, Hey, you're making progress, you're doing things right. You know, you're, you're on the right track or, Hey, like your sleep was off this week. What are you doing? Why aren't you getting enough sleep? Or, Hey, you need to go and do this better. You know, that's something that, that has been really helpful for me from a structural program perspective. So, um, again, you know, it's, it's, I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, I feel like if I didn't have a trainer, it would be kind of like just like a nonchalant, not a formalized thing that I do as part of my day-to-day -day routine. I'd still get my lifts in. I would still, you know, try to eat healthy, but I'd probably be slack a bit on certain areas. I would start to, you know, maybe not do as much as I need to do to really optimize or maximize what I'm doing. So it's it, it's cool that you're back into it, man. Not I need you're relaxed. Not that you're relaxed. <laughs> but. No, for me, the one thing again that I've noticed, like obviously it's only been a short space of time working with, with James, but. Number one, I have now like a point of reference as to, okay, well, how does he do this? And like, how does, you know, in terms of how his check-in works, how his process works, like all those things. I'm like, oh, maybe I could incorporate that a bit because I feel like the guys would benefit from that. Even from a, an education perspective, like sending me through my program, my plan, like the stuff that I sort of told you about the trunk rotation and stuff like that. Like, again, I think there's a lot of people who benefit from that. Yeah. There are... Uh, there's a weekend in June and a weekend in July that he's doing like in-person biomechanics training. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going to that. So there's already, I mean, it's only been a week and I'm like, well, can I go to this? And it's continued education, which again, will help me with my training, of course, but it will also help me with all your guys. And I sent them a video earlier on of me doing those bloody single leg RDLs and the feedback it gave me, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't even really thought of that. And it's just like, 
having that somebody who's on another level is like, okay, right, I'm in the right place. Like, I've definitely done the right thing here. So part of me is like, this is good for all you guys, but it's also like, what sort of fuckery can I get up with now within everybody's <laughs> training plans? Dude, I'll tell you, when you when you sent me the reprogrammed uh, one for this week uh, with the Smith machine, I'm like, damn it, split squats. So I just, want, I just want to complain a little bit to the audience right here. So my legs are completely toast, to, so bad to where when I was running today, the instructor at Orange Theory came over and said, hey, are you okay? Because she no she saw me noticeably dying on the treadmills today because my legs were down. I'm like, yesterday was a horrible leg day. She's like, oh, damn, I can tell. You know, like, you know, like, <laughs> I was literally running. And I'm like hobbling along. Like, you know, like, I look like a drunken runner because my legs are just giving out on me. So um, I still beat everybody, of course. But, um, but you know, I didn't, didn't look good doing it. But so, like, okay, you programmed. Let's just talk a little bit about this training program really quick. So, for, so, uh, what I, what I do like about it, by the way, is there's some days that are like, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and some days that are like more like an hour and a half, which I like to like split between those. It's nice because like yesterday was uh, a legs, uh, well, it was full body push, right, is is the kind of the concept there. So legs and um, legs and, and chest, basically, are the big, the big components there. And so we start off with um, leg curls uh, and um, calf raises, kind of get the blood pumping in those areas. And then it's Romanian deadlifts. Um, and then it's split squats, then it's belt squats, then it's leg presses, then it's leg extensions. Like at the end of the, when I was at the leg extensions, I'm literally screaming, I hate Ben, you know, as I'm going up with the leg extensions. So, uh, blood flow, blood for restriction, leg extensions. Oh, well, really. far, like, so, so that, that's why I was screaming out. I hate Ben. Um, but it was interesting. I didn't like the uh bfr leg um, bfr belt squat just because of how it kind of sat on my legs as i was going down but with the leg extensions it actually noticeably um went pretty well so first time doing that which was which is really good um and then what i also liked is uh i've traditionally stayed away from back squats just because i don't like how uh, the strain that it puts on my lower left back which is problematic for me and i noticed uh, I, uh after i got done with the split squats which were miserable and horrible um, and no, 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 come on. Tell the truth. You actually sent me a message saying you kind of like them. So don't like front in front of everybody. <laughs> in the audience. Like, oh no, they're so hard. And I hate them. You do like them. You do like them. I, 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 I like the stability that the Smith bar gives me as I'm doing them. I don't, in, I would say they're not my favorite <laughs> exercise. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. In, in, in order of split squats in general, they're probably the best. Yes. We say, can yes. we say that? I'll say it. I'll say it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Out of, okay. out of That's all fair. the orders of split squats, which I hate all of them, the Smith bar split squats, the ones I hate the least. Okay. The so, least shit version. Of Smith yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I will say the, um, the Smith bar, I, I'm, I'm in love with that thing. Like I love the Smith machine and you know, I, I, I do want to be cognizant that I can't always use the Smith machine because a lot of the stabilizer muscles and things like that, that you use in your, your arms, you want to be cognizant, which is why we have our training broken out different weeks and different muscle groups. Like, you know, uh, on Friday, I'll be using, uh, the Kabuki camber bar on doubles, um, you know, to keep those stabilizers going, but you know, pretty much every exercise on the Smith machine, I just love because it really forces you to have proper technique because the bar doesn't go anywhere. So for like RDLs, you can't really jack it up because you're literally locked into place. So, you know, you can still curve your back and a few other things, but at the end of the day, like it's a really solid movement. And so I decided after my split squats, um, I was going to swap out my belt squats with, um, my, uh, the Smith bar, um, back squats. And that felt really solid because I felt like I was stable. Um, I can get down really low with them, which is really good. 
um, and then pop back up. And I did some pretty, pretty heavy weights there. I was up to, you know, just kind of getting back into it again. And, and also taking into consideration that I already destroyed my legs with RDLs and um, with uh, split squats. So I was up to like 340 on the Smith Bar back squats, which is pretty, pretty solid, I think. And I, I definitely, I think on fresh legs could go way heavier than that. So um, it was good to see that, that I was able to stick with consistent form. That was like 340 by 10. So I did 10 reps of those. So overall, you know, really, really excited about the Smith machine, but a good, a good program. Just had a vent a little bit on the, um, on the legs yesterday. Just, was, need, just needed to talk to someone. Yeah. I needed, I needed, I needed to express my, my emotions, um, during the, that period, because I was, I was in a, a bad state. So. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm obviously, as we know, you know, big fan of Smith machine for a lot of reasons. How was your legs day, by the way, before you get into that, how was your legs? Day? Uh, my legs day was good. So I did leg extension which was a real pain in the ass because there was like five guys hanging around the leg extension not actually using it just sat on it while they're doing other things I'm like, the fuck uh. like leg extension hack squat which was good but again haven't been on it in a while so i think it'll yeah. take me a couple of weeks to sort of just like refine my footing with it and stuff yes. like that yeah and i did uh seated hamstring curl which was good no issues with that so really the one in gym docs really nice just the way that it's set up and then i did the single leg rdls which previously whenever i programmed them or i would have done them before it would have almost been like a warm-up exercise but the way james wants it he wants a loading exercise so stabilize yourself on the bench or whatever you want to hold on to and just treat it like a normal rdl so it was pretty decent movement um actually really enjoyed being able to do them one side versus the other and then on my next leg day which i think is on sunday i'll actually do proper barbell rdls um then calves obviously and then some core stuff and that was that was pretty much the long and short of it so it was good it was short and sweet like it was nice but i was done by the end of it like yeah. and i think i yeah. prefer that like shorter there's one working set one back offset and then the session's done so again this comes down to learning the skill of training and being able to train at an intensity once you sort of have that you know there's no it wouldn't be necessary for me to go in and do four or five sets of something because i just wouldn't be able to give it what I need to give it yeah. in every single set. So, you know, one set of six to nine and then one set of 10 to 15 is all that I really needed for it. So it was good. But I think it, it is, it's that sort of early stage of the, the training plan where you're sort of finding your feet with the weight and whatever else. So I would say after a couple of weeks, I can really know, okay, right, this is where I'm at and this is where I'm yeah. going to really start to progress. So I'm looking forward to it. It's cool. The way that's set up, my training is Monday off because of busy check-in day, which I find strange because I'm like, but you have to train on Monday because the internet tells you. Tuesday, <laughs> sh shoulders and arms. Uh, Wednesday legs, Thursday off again because check-in day. Friday pull, Saturday push, Sunday legs repeat. Nice, that's awesome. It's a good breakdown. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So you were cool. talking about the Smith machine before I interrupted. Yes, so I like the Smith machine because of the exactly like you said, it runs on the bar, so you're sort of forced into doing the movement properly. If we even talk about an RDL. One of the biggest mistakes I see people make is like they overreach on the bar. So they're like bringing, instead of allowing the bar to run down in front of them and almost to run down their legs, they bring it out. And then the further it is away from your body, that's when the pressure comes in your lower back. Mm -hmm. But because it runs on a runner, it goes down straight. So you are forced to pull your hips back, which is what you should be doing anyway. So yeah. if you can nail it and if you can get it really right, it's nice. The other thing is, you know, for guys like you and anybody who trains by themselves, 
it has, you, I assume it has like uh, safety bars that you can yes. offer the height of them. And yep. then even if you're really going to bail on it, you can just flick the flick the bar back in. So there's a lot more safety in it to be able to push that a little bit further. So big, big fan of Smith Machine. But again, caveat that was saying, you know, there are times that you need to be doing stuff with free weights and free bars so you can create that stability yourself and not always rely on something else or a machine or whatever else to do it. One thing that my uh, so it has the safety stoppers on there, but they're also springed. They're springed. Yeah, I noticed that at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I like about that is if I'm doing super heavy, you know, and I'm coming down, it actually allows me to maybe pull another one or two more sets because of the springs. It's just a little bit easier pulling up just for that that split second that gives me enough momentum to pull it up and and to to get that that successful lift. So. You know, it's um, I do like how they structured the the springs. I don't use the springs like I'm not bouncing off of them, but at the yeah. same time, like as I'm going down, I come, you know, as I, I I yank up really quick, and that little just that little bit of pressure that those springs get allow me to to get a couple extra um, reps in as I'm going through. So I noticed. Uh, I, go ahead. How much space? If you put the bar right at the bottom, like the lowest it will go, how much space is there between the bar and the ground? It hits to my basically to my like lower lower ankle. Is basically okay. where it's at. So basically, what you're saying, if we wanted the hip thrusts on the Smith machine, we could definitely do it. No, no, they, they specifically state that those are dangerous. <laughs> and machine shouldn't do them. <laughs> the other thing, actually, I want to talk about because there's been a lot of chat about it um, within the within the group and whatever else is the tunnel. Because yeah, I, I mean, Phil, I've said this to you before. Like whenever we first started, and that's what you were working with, I was like, I couldn't really get my head around what it was. I sort of viewed it sort of as a close cable stack because I had cables on either side. And I obviously just sort of programmed accordingly. Now, yes, okay, it comes with endless amounts of, of variations of exercises and whatever else, but people are running raving about it, asking about it, ordering them and whatever else. And I can safely say after using yours in the gym, like what it can actually do is far beyond what I could have imagined without actually trying it out myself. So in terms of being able to set it up basically for whatever fucking exercise you want, but also how you can change the resistance profile in terms of what way the resistance pushes. So if you want to do it the opposite yeah. way around, it's good in that way. And then once you start to sort of hit fatigue or hit failure, it adjusts the weight to allow you to get those extra reps. So it'll take the weight down and allow you to push those extra reps. And then the same thing, once you come to the end, it'll almost not predict, but suggest what you should do in terms of reps for the next set based on what you got. So if you, if it felt like you went way over the set amount of reps that you had in, then it'll change the weight and change the reps and stuff like that. So very cool piece of kit. We're not sponsored, but very, very cool. You know, I, I had a friend over yesterday. Um, my friend Dave came over, um, which is why my recovery is going to look horrible. Um, on, uh, drinking on, with other kids. <laughs> alcohol was definitely a contributing factor to recovery this morning. Um, but, uh, um, but, uh, you know, he was asking me, you know, for his kids, you know, what I have my kids do and my kids are actually starting getting to get into weight training now that they've hit puberty. And so, um, you know, I've, I've been actually working on building, using the tonal as a way to show them how to, you know, do different exercises and things like that so that they can do their own programming and things like that on there for them. And, um, you know, one thing I'll say about the tonal, like he had asked me, like, out of all the equipment you have, what's your favorite? And you know, I got I got a lot I got a lot of a lot of equipment. <laughs> I got a full gym, you know, full commercial gym in my basement, uh, you know. And so I have everything from a leg press machine to a leg extension, leg curl machines. I have, you know, a, a rack. I have a full, you know, cable system. I have, you know, a, a Smith machine. I, you know, I got like everything you could possibly imagine. I got a flipping tire. You know, out of all the equipment that I have, the tonal by far is the most versatile and my favorite to use because. You know, you can do full body everything workouts on it. And as you had mentioned, 
the the burn that you get in your muscles from a tonal is is second to none. You know, like when you're when you're going up and you're doing that that last curl and you can't get up and it detects it, you know, and it starts to shave that weight off and you're like, oh my God, my arms are shaking. And I like, you know, and it gets down to like 10 pounds. And you, at that point you're like, you know, you're done. And your muscles are done. You know, you hit that extra little bit of, of- It's like having a spotter. It is. It's like, it's like me standing there with you spotting yeah. an actual bar. It recognizes the struggle and adjusts the weight. It's very, very cool. The only recommendation- If anybody works anybody. for them or knows anybody, like we are okay, we're being sponsored. Like we are okay for that. Yeah, famous <laughs> sponsor. Um, yeah. <laughs> one thing I will say you need to be careful of is that the handles that you use. So it comes with like um, a full bar, like you can use a bar to do like you know deadlifts, and you can do uh, bench press with it, whatever you want to do. Um, it comes with two handles, and it comes with rope. I'd recommend buying two ropes so you can get a better pull from the tricep extension side. But um, I'll tell you, the cross extensions on it are my favorite. You know, it's like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the the thing that uh, I, I'd, I'd recommend being very careful of so you don't hurt yourself is that when you're doing bench press specifically, um, you make sure that when you hit the button, the buttons turn the weight on and off. When you're coming down from your last bench press, make sure you turn the um, the, the button off or else it's gonna drive you down and tear your shoulder. Uh, I've done that before. I've seen other people do it before. Um, so you know, make sure that you're tur turning the weight off before you actually finish your, you know, when you're finished with your, your sets or your reps, um, you know, turn that off to make sure it's good. But again, you can do everything on that. I mean. Romanian, you could do RDLs, you can do uh, deadlifts, you can do split squats, you can do Bulgarian split squats, you can do, um, you know, bicep, triceps, shoulders, back, everything. I mean, it's, it's, it's a full body workout. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of exercises. And what's really cool about it is it has um, workout training programs that you can use. Um, so like if your goal is, hey, I want to grow bigger, they actually have trainers, uh, you know, like uh, Coach Tony uh, and that booty buster one. Um, it's a long, long standing joke in the BC. So, uh, but, uh, excuse me. but, um, they have different training programs with the instructors there. And it, what's cool about it is it has a camera up in front and it also, um, monitors your form and it'll tell you, Hey, you're pushing too fast, slow down, or Hey, you're not extending or going high enough. So it actually corrects your form as you're going through too. So it's really good for beginners all the way to advanced. They have some really advanced programs. They have hit training. They have, you know, a bunch of other stuff that's all built into it. And it's all super low profile in your house. Like it's, it, it takes up a fraction of the space, um, of, you know, a normal gym. It's super tiny. It goes on the wall. They install it for you. Um, it's, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool thing. Yeah, I agree. Highly recommend. Yeah. So on the topic today, well, for, first of all, before we get into the topic, I just have to say, here's my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, protein shake mixer. Um, so Aaron, Aaron, uh, uh was doing the dishes and, uh, she's like, Hey, is this for the kids or for you? I'm like, no, no, no. It's, it's for me. Like, why would it not be for me? Like I teach me to the turtles. Like, so long story short, um, I always go to GNC, uh, every so often, like when my kids, my kid uh, has basketball practice. And so I'll like hit the grocery store, get my food. And then GNC is always there. I'm like, Oh, what new supplements they have? Or like, you know, what new pre-workouts can I try? And I get there and uh, ghost has made this line of teenage mutant Ninja turtle branded, you know, pre-workout and things like that. And I'm not a big fan of ghost personally. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a cool brand. I'm not cool a brand. fan of, their yeah. products necessarily yeah, yeah. as a whole, but their branding is good. It's cool brand. They do a good job on the, on the branding front, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you've just bought all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Also, that's so I literally works. bought all their Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle protein shake uh, mixers, their pre-workouts, the, the one that's a cognitive one, a tropic for gamers. I don't know why, what I'm going to ever use that, but it had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on it. So I needed it. Um, so I'm now, I'm now full invested in, in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at this point. So good. So anyway, on to the yeah. next topic, 
we wanted to just sort of, I guess, cover frequently asked questions because I know obviously you get a lot through Twitter and whatever else. And there's, there's a lot of same sort of questions and issues come up when I'm on calls with people or just talking to people or, you know, talking to clients or whatever else. Like there's always the same sort of things come up. Correct. Correct. I guess the, the first one is struggling to hit your protein target. I want to say the number one, most common one, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and even like, you know, with clients that sort of start like in the first couple of weeks and they're like, you know, I've set their target to 180 grams and they're getting like a hundred and they're like, how the fuck? I'm like, trust me, like everybody struggles with this. Like 99% of the people that I have ever worked with, work with, ever speak to struggle with this in some capacity. And I get it to an extent. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you, when you're getting into this, this calorie counting thing and you're starting to understand your macro breakdowns of carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, which make up what you want your nutritional diets to be, your nutritional intake to be, and then breaking those out into calories and then what you actually need. Um, you know, there's measurements now, you know, that you need about one gram of protein per lean pound of muscle mass. That doesn't mean your current weight. That means lean muscle mass. And, and, there's a couple of ways of determining that you can, you know, take like a little caliper and then see how what your, your body fat percentages are. You can estimate it as well. So, you know, for me, I actually just do, um, you know, like if, if right now I'm at 240, uh, and, and I'm only going up, going up, baby. Um, so, you know, I'm at 240, I try to get around, you know, 230 to 250 grams of protein uh, a day, just to make sure I have enough protein for my muscles. Like you just, you know, I'm not trying to get 300. I'm not trying to get 400. I have gone that high before. I think I've gotten like 350 before is my, my record. Uh, to see how much protein I can eat in a day. But, uh, you know, I really try to stick within that, that marker period there. So, you know, once you understand, hey, I need protein, then you fill in your macros with what you need for everything else, carbohydrates and, and fats. So, you know, I know we've talked about this before, but, you know, Ben and I's, you know, more preferred macro breakdowns are, you know, high protein, high carbohydrates, low fat, uh, which is how we operate better with some people, again, better with, uh, high fat, high protein. Um, you know, it just depends on how you want to, want to look at it. But, um, when you start looking at, at how you get your protein, you know, I think that's an important piece and there's obviously supplemental forms that you can do. So, uh, you know, protein shakes, uh, and by the way, I want to really clarify a, a, a big myth, um, that really started off from an early study, um, uh, around protein and how your body breaks down protein. And it's generally thought of that your body can only handle anywhere between 25 and 30 grams of protein per intake, uh, which is total bullshit. Um, there, there's literally nothing to that. So your body can handle as much protein as you can pack in it. It's going to get broken down into amino acids. It's going to be used by your body some way or shape or form. You know, I would say traditionally it's better to spread protein out throughout the day um, so that you can maximize when your your protein synthesis or mTOR activation occurs for muscle, uh, for, for protein synthesis, uh, for muscle uh, hypertrophy or growth. Uh, our muscle rebuild. And so um, during those periods of time, you know, spreading it out, you don't know when that's going to happen in your body. So having adequate stores of protein throughout the day is a, is a good idea. Um, there's also different <laughs> forms of protein. Go ahead, Ben. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like the, the, you can only absorb X amount of grams of protein per sitting. Every protein source will be absorbed at a different rate within your body. So it's not like you can't say that for one, because if I have a chicken breast and it's 30 grams of protein, it's not my body's not going to absorb it the same way as if I have a protein shake or as if I eat a steak. And at the end, again, also depends what I'm having alongside it. So yeah, that's bullshit. Fuck that myth. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and like, like you said, I mean, if you're, if you're, um, there, there's uh, kind of two types of protein that are that are typically used. Like you have whey and casein, which are like the two main kind of sources of protein. Obviously, you have meat proteins and things like that. Um, whey is is very easily digested in your body. 
um, from from an amino acids perspective that eventually, you know, what's called essential amino acids, which breaks down into what your body uses for protein or for muscle rebuild. Um, and whey protein breaks down really easy, whereas casein takes a longer time and slower absorption in your body. So things like cottage cheese, for example, are casein-based. And same thing, you get protein shakes that are usually like tri-blend, where you have like a combination of like whey, egg, um, and casein as a um, source. So when you're eating it, it digests in different periods of time. So, you know, protein can be a big thing, but I, I you know, I, I don't ever look at how much protein I'm putting in, just knowing that I need to be protein-centric in most of the things that I do. So like my breakfast, you know, I... I've been really getting into protein waffles. Um, those are like my new my new jam. A funny story about this really quick, just a quick side pageant. Um, the past two weeks I've gone to the store, I haven't been able to find my my Kodiak uh, protein waffles, which two, two, two uh, waffles equates to 12 grams of protein. And so uh, I, I went to the store, not there, I went to the store, not there. So like, I'm getting nervous that there's like a shortage of these protein waffles. Like I went on like a protein waffle hunt and I bought like 15 <clears throat> packages of um of uh of protein waffles and it's filling our entire freezer and uh aaron sends me a message uh, the other day she's like hey i'm ordering some stuff from target um do you need any more waffles obviously she's being an a-hole uh and you know rubbing it in that i bought you know, packages taking up the whole space of the the freezer but uh or 15 packages but uh um so i have plenty of adequate protein waffles but you know i typically do protein waffles with butter and then i do monk fruit uh syrup a nice little sweet you know, top to it and then I'll do a protein shake on top of that. Um, so it's a nice blend of carbohydrates, good good amount of protein. And I'm probably getting, you know, so if I do, you know, four waffles, I'm getting 24 grams of protein plus two scoops of protein, which is going to be 64 grams of protein just in a sitting there. And that's my one meal, um, you know, for breakfast. So, you know, you, you start to look at how do I maximize protein throughout the day and what sources could I use to get me the most amount of protein throughout the, you know, throughout the day to meet those specific goals. Yeah. And the thing about it for me is I think, the way I always try and break it down with people who say they're struggling is to, to look at their meals individually. So if I tell you 200 grams of protein, some people are like, fucking hell, like, how am I ever going to get to that? But I'm like, if you break it down into into meals and what that needs to look like per meal, it's much more manageable. And um, the first thing that I would always say is, you know, have a protein shake. If you struggle to get to that level, have a protein shake. So for example, if you have a protein shake, it's 40 grams of protein. It's going to take you down to 160 grams. Then you take your 160 grams and split it across four meals or three meals or however many meals that you're having. The other sort of tip that I give on that is instead of trying to reinvent the wheel every single time, look at the meals that you're already having and look at the protein source in it and just have more of that. So instead of being like, where can I get this magic protein from somewhere? Just look at what you already have and have a bit more. So. For me, the way that my protein goes, and this comes in, I think at around 250, 260 grams, which again, may sound like a lot to a lot of people, but it, it's just the way that I eat. Now it's not like, I don't see it as that, oh my God, I have to go and get more protein like a lot of people do. So breakfast is four eggs and about 50 to 70 grams of brisola, which is like a, like a deli meat, like cured okay. beef, which I've just gotten into and can't get out of. So I would definitely, something like that, that's, you know, it's an addition, but it's probably like 25 grams of protein for the, you know, 50 grams, 70 grams or something that is, and it's delicious. So I have that breakfast. Then my next meal is, I'll either have a protein bar because I'm still working my way through the anabars that you sent me across, or <laughs> I, just one, I just had one right before this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, I actually have a pile of ones here to send you, of ones that you can get over here. Um, or I'll have... Are they better than Anabars? Uh, they're entirely different. There's, they, you can't compare. Okay. They'll be with you soon. Okay. Um, 
or else I'll have Greek yogurt. So the Greek yogurt that we get over here is called Faye. It's F-A-G-E. It's total zero, fat-free. It's 10. It's like 10.1 grams of protein per 100 grams. So if you want 20 grams of protein, have 200 grams. The other thing that I would do sometimes is throw a scoop of protein into it. It'll change the flavor of it, and it'll obviously add some protein to it. My next meal is uh, oats with protein, so oatmeal with protein powder. Again, probably about 40 grams of protein in that. Then if I'm training, my next meal will be a protein shake with Cocoa Pops that everybody knows about. If I'm not training, I'll probably have like 200 grams of chicken um, and some rice because, you know, can't beat chicken and rice. Um, and then my last meal of the day will be the one that I sent last night, the, the prawns with the rice noodles. Um, now, that is quite a lot of prawns. And I know that you said last night you feel like you've to eat a ton of prawns to get any sort of amount of protein into it. But I do really enjoy them. I don't like eating chicken a lot. Like I couldn't eat it for every single meal. I think it just comes down to I've, I've eaten it for so long that I'm just sort of like try to avoid it as much as possible. And that's how I get in. That's between 250 and 260 grams of protein. And I don't even like that's just the way I eat. Like that's how I put my meals together. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, there there are days where, you know, we'll get into discussions around like how do you plan these types of things when you're traveling. For example, I was actually talking to a good buddy of mine, Paul, and he was like, "Man, when I travel, it's really difficult for me to hit my protein goals and things like that." So and it's interesting. I'm at the office now, right? And um, I have in my bag here. I mean, let's grab it really quick. It's right here. I got you know, I got a protein shake here that you know, um, the Fairlife ones are really easy to go. They don't delicious. Require, delicious they're, deli- they're delicious. First of all, they taste amazing. Uh, Forty-two grams of protein. Don't have to be refrigerated, so you know you could keep keep heat this very very quick as a quick go. Protein shake, of course, I got ample amounts of Anabars just in case. Um, you know, beef jerky in here. Um, I have you know an energy drink in case you need a caffeine boost. Um, you know, so I got you know I, I pack things throughout the day to help me meet those goals if I need them, and especially if I'm traveling. Like um, biggest things are like airports just have terrible food in most cases, so a lot of times I'll bring. You know, like protein shakes, beef jerky, uh, protein bars, things that I could eat that will sustain me and my protein goals as I'm going along. Um, but regardless, you know, when I, when, I, when I start breaking down my meals, oftentimes, you know, if I'm at home, it's very easy for me to plan my meals, right? You know, because I'll, you know, for, for breakfast, exactly what I said there, um, you know, there's a lot of multi-grain uh, bagels, like Dave's Bagels, for example, has uh, nine grams of protein uh, in them. Uh, some of the multi-grain uh, um like buns and things like that have like, you know, six to 12 grams of protein uh, in them. So you can get protein from bread if you're paying attention to the types of bread that you purchase. Um, I'll do a lot of Greek yogurts, which uh, typically have 12 grams of protein uh, per Greek yogurt, which is like 80 calories. So you can, you know, pop two of those, you're hitting 24 grams of protein just through Greek yogurt. I I love cottage cheese. Um, There's this uh, brand called Smith's that um, makes cottage cheese mixed with pineapple. Um, so it's a little bit of a sweet cottage cheese type of thing. And I really enjoy that. Throw some salt on top of it. It's perfect. Um, and then for lunch, you know, I'll typically have more of like a rice centric or carbohydrate, high, high carbohydrate type of, of meal, because I'm usually trying to replenish from my workout in the morning. Um, and then I'll have, you know, uh, chicken breast or steak or, you know, lean, lean hamburger or pork, you know, things that, that are heavy in protein there. And I usually try to get around, you know, 60 to 80 grams of protein there, which if you count, you know, my previous one, I'm usually around the 120 to 130 mark, you know, just by lunchtime. Uh, by midday, I'll usually have a snack of like um, either a protein shake if I need to supplement uh, or I'll do beef jerky um, or more more um, uh, Greek yogurts. And then by dinner time, usually very heavy prote- protein-centric dinner uh, meal. So I'll have, you know, usually like a steak or, 
you know, a whole chicken or, or a couple chicken breasts, uh, fish, you know, salmon, uh, something that'll be, you know, pretty protein sector to get like, you know, another 50 grams of protein in that way. And by that point, I'm hitting my 230, 240 mark and that's it. You know, I'm, I'm good for the rest of the day. Yeah. And it, it is the, the main thing that I can say is build your meals around the protein source um, and sort of look at your plate and think the majority of things that I see or, or what I see quite a lot is people are looking at their meals and their protein portions tiny and their carb portions big because that's just generally the way people seem to eat if you literally look at your at just the size of the portion of your carbs and half it and double the amount of protein that you have then it's going to be the same amount of calories four gram four calories per gram of protein four grams calories per four grams four calories per gram of protein four calories per gram of carbs so it'll be the same um, and you're it'll obviously just sort of change the the dynamic on your plate and um, the other thing as well is sort of like things to think about adding in. So you're talking about Greek yogurt. Well, yes, okay. You know, the meal that I would have would be like Greek yogurt, blueberries and dark chocolate or something like that. And um, there are ways to start to incorporate that into your evening meal. So for example, if you're talking about chicken, you can make quite a decent, like, quote unquote, creamy sauce out of Greek yogurt. So if you add a couple of spices into it or whatever else, if you're using, you know, 200 grams throughout the sauce, in the chicken that you're already having. It adds a lot of flavor and it's not just the boring ass chicken breast that you don't really want to have. Adds a lot of flavor to it and then adds, you know, another dynamic or another level of, of protein throughout it. I would do want to caveat what you're saying about the, the bagels and stuff like this. And this is where it sort of comes into when we start to increase calories, I'll always increase your protein target alongside it. So things like that are almost like a, a protein's a secondary macro in it so while it's always good to get it in i always want to make sure that you're getting a decent amount in from actual protein sources as well so that's why we'll always bring your protein target up as we bring your calories up yeah and it's you know those those adjustments and uh starting off again if you are struggling hitting those types of goals uh supplement with protein shakes you know protein shakes can be a very easy way for you to supplement until you get your nutrients under control around how much you need i mean again two scoops of, of protein typically you know most protein shakes are going to be you know around 20 to 25 grams of protein so you're getting either 40 or 50 grams of protein per per two scoops um and the big debate is you know do you use well, obviously a teenage mutant turtle cup you have to use that um but do you use water or milk um i heavily recommend sticking with water um it goes down easier easier to digest you know if you use milk again that's more protein though that you're adding to it um you know there's um a brand of milk called fair life uh which is uh with that 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 uh, protein shake is for they also make uh milk as well and it's it's called ultra filtered um which they basically remove most of the sugars um some of the fats but but i, I used the whole milk uh, uh version of it and it has i think 12 grams of protein per cup which is uh the highest amount of protein per milk than any other one out there so um you know you can get some really good protein from milk sources as well so if you think about that and you add fair life milk to your protein shakes if you prefer milk in those and you got 50 grams of protein plus, you know, probably two cups of, of milk. It's not 24 grams of protein. You're looking at, you know, 74 grams of protein in one sitting at probably around. So you got 240 calories for typically for protein, two scoops of protein shakes. And then you got about 120 calories. So you're looking at probably around, you know, 400 calories or so, four, four to 500 calories just for 72 grams of protein, which is a really good ratio there um, for, for what you're trying to accomplish. So, you know, you can, you can definitely supplement if you need to. You know, again, Ben, Ben is always a testament of, of, you know, trying to get 80% what you can from a whole foods perspective. But as you start to get better with your nutrition, like I remember when I first started with Ben, um, you know, I was all over the place with, with, uh, my food and my protein and like hitting my marks and, 
you know, trying to figure out the balance between carbohydrates and everything else. But it really becomes more of a second nature um, as you start getting through it and really easy to hit. I mean, yesterday's actually a good example. Uh, I had I had, uh, I had a fairly heavy protein centric breakfast, but lunch was pretty much just all sushi. I was out at the office. And so I had, you know, heavy carbs and I didn't, I think by the time I hit uh, dinner time, I was only at like 150 grams of protein. So I supplemented with, you know, a protein shake. And then I had, um, you know, a nice steak for dinner. And then I was up to my, you know, 240 that I needed. Um, so it was a perfect ma match, you know, to get up to that point. Just, you know, takes you kind of planning out your day. Yeah, sushi is delicious though. And the other thing I was- delivered again right now. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I would say is sort of be aware, like how to sort of swap things out. So one of the best and worst things about using MyFitnessPal is it gives you the freedom. So it's good because it gives you the freedom, but then you almost reach this like level of decision fatigue where you just can't decide what to eat. So what I would say is if you have like two or three go-to meals that you know tick certain boxes, i.e., okay, here's three breakfasts, three lunches, three dinners. I know that roughly they're all about 500 calories and I know roughly there's about 35 to 40 grams of protein into it. And you know that you can have them tick the box and not need to worry about it. That's absolutely fine. But also know how to substitute. So if you go, right, one of these meals has 300 grams of chicken, then if I swap, I swap that out for, you know, 220 grams of mince or, you know, like you said, steak or whatever it is that you know how to sort of swap things out and, and alter it. So having the freedom is good, but having too much freedom can be a bit of a shit show. Um, I hope as well, somebody was keeping count to how many times you said protein in the past 20 minutes, because I can imagine it's quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, and those are some of the things to take in consideration too, when you're going out, how do you track protein and calories? you know, as you're eating out and, you know, for a lot of the, the mainstream restaurants that are out there, um, they will typically list their caloric nutrient, you know, nutrients, um, calories and proteins typically in, in breakdowns of all, all of that, um, on their website, or you can ask for a menu that typically has that. They usually have like a listing there or a sheet they can print off uh, or already have printed off, um, for the other locations that you're going to that, that may not have those literally it's, it's best guess is I guess the best way of putting it, right? Cause you don't know the ingredients. Just put it, just put it into the client chat and everybody will guess. And it'll be like anywhere from 400 to, no way to go prawns were 70 grams. Of, they were, they were too. They were, they were, they were, they were, I'll send you the book. One thing I want to say as well about the menus is I, I was obviously in London last week and pretty much every place that I went to eat had the calories on it, which was really good. It was very handy, but at the bottom, they're like, you know, like a, a star as in, you know, go and read this bit, whatever. And uh, it was like estimated, estimated, estimated daily intake for average adult, 2000 calories. I was like, who the fuck are you to tell me this piece of paper? Tell me I can only eat 2000 calories. Get the fuck. Well, it's, it's, like, like, it's, they... like, it's like the whole BMI thing. Like if I go to the doctors now, I'm considered morbidly obese yeah. uh, because of my weight, you know, like it, get out of here, shut up. You know, but like, even if I, like, if I, if I looked around the restaurant and looked at the amount of different types of people sizes, shapes, height, gender, like, how can they say, yeah, everybody needs to eat about 2000. Yeah, 2000. Yeah. yeah, everybody eat 2000 calories, and you'll be fine. Get the fuck. Anyway. Yeah. Have we covered protein, do you think? I think we got protein nailed down. You know, obviously, if you have any additional questions or you're struggling with it, I mean, hit us up on our Discord server. We're always happy to answer that and talk about food and things like that. People share recipes, um, you know, on our Discord server and everything else. So that's a good thing. Um, out there. So yeah, I mean, I think we're good on, on the protein side. One thing I also want to mention too, is from our last podcast and now we did incorporate the total daily energy expenditure and macro calculator for, for fitness on there. So if you go to our website, um, and you, you know, so which is we hack that health. And then if you go to, um, the resources section there, there's a calculators drop down, 
and it gives a nice little description and a cool picture of Ben looking upward in a building. And then, uh, um, and, and then it, you can basically, um, plug in, you know, Hey, are you male, female? Um, how old are you? How tall are you? How much do you weigh your level of activity? And then it'll calculate your caloric intake is your total daily energy expenditure and general recommendation around what you should be doing. Now, again, that's just a baseline of what you should expect. So starting points and then figure out, Hey, if my goal is to lose, you know, a pound or two a week, I probably have to be, you know, two, 300, you know, uh, uh, calories down, et cetera, et cetera. So you start to kind of shave that off as time goes on. So it's just a, a balancing act, but at least this gives you a starting point to kind of go there. So interesting. I just did it. Um, I've obviously seen it, but I never actually went through it. So 34, six foot two, 220 pounds ish quite active i put in um your personal result to maintain so obviously the phase i'm going through with james at the minute a couple of weeks maintenance then we're going to go into quite an aggressive fat loss phase and he's put me on 3150 calories and it says exactly here anywhere between 2950 to 3150 calories so if anybody needs a start point in terms of your calories this thing on our side is bang on so so, it. so it says you know for me to lose weight i'm at 3100 to 3200 calories you're 20 pounds heavier than me now <laughs> well it also says gain weight you know 3755 to 4000 calories which we, we did push that one time so yeah that was that was a lot that was awesome yeah so yeah on the site td calculator and a really cool picture of me i don't even know what i was looking at yeah, you look good man you look like you're you're you're, you're looking for uh for treasure <laughs> right so we've covered the protein you wanted to talk about how cardio is bullshit and nobody has to ever do it again i think that's exactly what you said <laughs> that's not what i said so let's just be, be clear that's what, I, that's what i heard no so again we, we talked a lot about how important resistance training is but when you think about how information is communicated to us on the internet everybody thinks you have to do cardio to lose weight um, and what's coming out now is that resistance training is much more monumental and important for longevity of health, uh, for your overall health, um, and, you know, for your ability to maintain and lose weight and keep that weight off. Um, now I'm not saying, you know, if, if all you did all day long was run, that's a bad thing. Um, but you know, if that's the, how you're built and that's how you like to, to perform, that's, that's fine. But all the studies coming out now are really showing that resistance training is by far the number one, most important thing you can do for your health. Um, Aside from like nutrition and things like that, right? I mean, from an exercise perspective, resistance training um, is big. And so there was a new study that just got came that came out. And this is uh, from Insider, but the the studies uh, uh, referencing a study out of Edith Cohen University in Australia. And here, I just want to read a quick thing of this. Um, Strength training can be an uh, effective way to lose weight. New research suggests res uh, resistance uh, exercise like lifting weights in combination with a caloric deficit helps burn fat and reduce body fat percentage, according to the study published April 11th, uh, 2012 in Obesity Reviews. Researchers from Edith Cohen University in Australia and the University of Caxas do Sul in Brazil. I can hear you typing, by the way. Um, in Brazil, analyzed data from 4,184 total participants across 116 published studies on exercise and weight loss to find out if resistance training like lifting weights might aid weight loss. They found that combining resistance training with calorie reduction was um, an effective weight loss uh, strategy leading to an average of 12 pounds of weight loss. The finding debunks the myth cardio exercise like running um, like running or HIT are the only ways to lose weight. Um, and so usually when we talk about obesity, body composition, or weight loss, we only hear about aerobic exercise. So this was a, a really good study really explaining, hey, the importance of resistance training, why that is, you know, obviously if you're putting on muscle mass, you're burning calories, uh, you're doing the same thing as you would from an aerobic exercise perspective, you have the ability to, to lose uh, weight, which is, you know, right what you preach, you know, when you first start this training program, Ben, which is, hey, 
The most important thing you could do is steps, which is going to, you know, increase calorie burn and the resistance training, which is going to start to build muscle and shed that fat off. And, you know, here's the thing, like we always talk about weight loss as people's number one goal uh, in many cases. And, you know, here's the thing, when you shut off nothing and you have no muscle, are you going to look great shredded? No. So building up muscle as you're losing the weight and having muscle that comes out when you're actually shredded is what you want to probably accomplish, you know, as you're balancing those out. I always hear, well, I need to drop the weight first and then build up. It's actually the opposite. You want to build up as you're losing the weight. Um, and I think, you know, the studies obviously cor uh, collaborate, uh, cor correlating that and, um, uh, and uh, I couldn't say that, uh, but also making it, um, you know, hey, saying, hey, this is what the science is saying now. Uh, we, we've known it for a long time, I think, in the bodybuilding industry and, you know, in the, the, the resistance training side of the house. But again, you know, resistance training is such a key piece from an importance perspective of, of weight loss. Yeah. And I have to credit James every time that I say this, because he sort of put it back to me whenever we had our very first like initial call. Cardio is burning the fuel. Weight and resistance training is building the engine. So if you build a better engine, it's going to burn the fuel more efficiently. So again, to use me and you as an example, you know, me six years ago, I'm burning more calories to stood here right now than I was back then because I was skinny. I didn't have any muscle. My body physically has to work more for me to do these hand gestures that I do whenever I'm talking. So I don't want to say it makes things easier, but it just makes the, the process of fat loss that little bit easier. So for example, again, even, you know, me being able to maintain on 3,150 calories or whatever it said, that would seem like a lot of calories to some people. To me, it's a manageable amount. Like I don't really need to think about it in terms of, I don't need to pull back or I don't need to push up. Um, but it's because I have built the muscle mass and I'm now however many pounds heavier than I was whenever I started to, you know, whenever I started the train. So it makes it that little bit, I'm going to say more enjoyable because I don't have to ever go super low in terms of calories. And you're exactly right. Like I've had a conversation um, with a client that came on board, you know, and he was like, I need to eat less and I need to do more cardio. I'm doing cardio flat out. I'm really restricting my calories is able to lose weight, like is able to lose pounds and pounds and pounds and pounds, but then gets to that specific weight and isn't fucking happy with how he looks. And he's like, what am I doing wrong? It's like the, the missing piece of this puzzle is weight and resistance training. And I can't, there's so many benefits to it that I can't, I can't understand people who don't want to do it. The main benefit is it allows you to look good with your clothes off. Like, fuck yeah, that's what we want. More confidence, helps with fat loss, improves your mood, can reduce stress. You're stronger, strong body, strong mind, reduces risk of injury. So if you have stronger muscles, then it's going to allow your, your body to handle day-to-day -day life that little bit better. Um, and then you can go right down the rabbit hole of, you know, improves or helps reduce the risk of like heart disease and, you know, things like that. So to me, if you're not doing weight and resistance training, I strongly, firmly believe that you should be. Yeah. And, and what's for me? It's worked for me as well. It's, um, you know, and there's, there's research out there, a number of studies that show, you know, the, how physical activity completely changes your overall mind and persona. So, um, helps alleviate depression, anxiety, um, improve muscle and brain health. Like you name it, like the benefits are there. So we, we've talked about this a million times, get out of your ass, you know, get off of your ass and go work out and do some resistance training. And again, it doesn't have to be six days a week or five days a week or four days a week. Do what you can. You know, three days a week with full body exercises is fantastic. Um, you know, that's a great 
barometer of, of, you know, what you can do from a, a workout routine perspective. But again, resistance training definitely being one of the most important things that, that you can absolutely do for your overall health. Yeah. The, th the three days, like that's literally what I'll start 90% of the people who come into the group with. And the reason being is it's not too much of a change. It's not too much of a, like throwing your schedule upside down. You can fit three days in, whether it's 45 minutes to an hour or whatever, but also it allows room to grow into it. So if we hit a plateau, we can add an additional day in. If you're like, fuck yeah, I love how this feels. We can add an additional day in rather than me going, right, we're going to train with we'll Dave. We're going to train six days a week. We're going to do three days cardio. And then if we need to add something in, we need to fucking create another day in the week because there's nowhere else that it can, it can right. come in. So it's a good start point. It allows room for growth. It allows room for just natural progression. It allows plenty of time for recovery. You can still hit all muscle groups frequently across the week. Again, it, it completely changed my life. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mine as well. I mean, the, the success that I've had uh, with the weight training has just been absolutely phenomenal. I just, you know, again, I don't mind taking my shirt off in front of people. I, you know, it's, it gets weird at the office, but, you know, it's... Take uh, it off. Take it off. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I'm at the office now, and this is this is my normal work attire, so... Um, you got to not got a suit on, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did not have a suit on. I'm literally wearing, uh, you know, my, my Discipline Equals Freedom Jocko uh, T-shirts. And uh, this is my, my normal work attire here. But, uh, you know, because I can get a quick lift downstairs if I want to. You know, I'll go do some shoulders really quick or whatever I want to do. You know, hey, a little spot, spot. Uh, you know, quick. quick it looks out. cool, the photos, because of the cause of the way it is. Like, it's very industrial. And I, the way that it's set up, it's very cool down there. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And obviously the lines are going to continue to grow as we need to add more. <laughs> Still tell Aaron that, you know, but, uh, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it, but the weight, the resistance training piece of it, you know, it's crazy because it, it does take a long time, right. Uh, to add muscle. I mean, what's interesting is what is it, you know, what was the, the average, you know, you can expect to add about a pound or two of muscle per, per month. Is that general, yeah. you know, at the, um, like at the start, like that's when you're getting the most from it. Yeah. And, you know, and, and then, but so like if you're adding, you know, five pounds of, you know, fat or five pounds of, of weight, you know, that's typically going to be one pound of muscle, four pounds of fat. So you obviously want to balance how many calories you're bringing in and make sure that you're not, you know, adding two or three or four or five pounds a week. That's obviously kind of excessive. You're just going to add so much, you know, body fat on that you're not going to actually use. Um, so, you know, for me, I'm in a surplus right now. We're getting to a surplus-ish point now. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm slowly taking up on weight. Like this week I still fluctuated, you know, basically the same. I was for, you know, uh, uh, 242, 243, 242, 243, pretty much the entire week, but it's just a tiny bit up. It's like, you know, 0.5 up from last week. So that's, you know, we're in the right spot. We'll probably, you know, keep pushing and see where things go with it. And, you know, it's just a cool thing to be able to adjust those periods as you're going through and doing the resistance training side of the house. But for me, I mean, it takes a long time to build muscle. Um, and so I think someone said, uh, I, I posted a picture on Twitter of like my, my week one versus, I think it was like week 83 or 84 or something like that. And uh, I said, you know, just the beginning. And someone responded back. He said, you know, something like, dear Lord, I hope you're, you're you know, at least halfway there or something like that, you know? <laughs> like, you know, so, you know but the thing, the thing about it is, you know, I don't think there is a, there isn't a, you can't have a halfway point because you don't have a finish point. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, you know, yeah, again, I guess probably something that we should talk about is, is the people who struggle to put on weight. Cause that was me. And I've had some really fucking cool conversations with some people that I'm really excited to work with over the next, you know, six months to a year that 
that I can fully relate to because I was that person. I was the skinny person. I was like, I know absolutely everything that you will go through, face, struggles, whatever else. I'm like, you know, people are, I laugh at, you know, girls are like, oh, I don't want to train. I don't want to weights because I'll get too bulky. I'm like, motherfucker, I have been trying for eight years to get too bulky. It's hard as hell. You're not just going to do 10 pushups and wake up fucking jacked. Like it is hard as hell. Um, and actually to talk about the weight thing, yesterday morning was the first time I weighed myself and I was under 220. So obviously always my goal to be 100 kilos, which is 220 pounds. First time I was under in about 18 months. And it was a bit like, <gasps> I was like, I feel like, I'm small again. So like that same, it's the, it's the same sort of mentality as you, you would have went through of when weight starts to creep up that you're like, I'm going back that way. And I'm like the same. I was like, Oh shit. But I understand it's part of the process. And obviously weight's not the only factor and whatever else. Um, but yeah, anybody who is listening that struggles to, to put on weight or has struggled to put on weight or put on muscle, it's hard as hell. You need to be fully on board with your calories. If you have that sort of body type that it's hard for your, your body to actually physically put on muscle, you need to be on it. And I remember before, and I've had this conversation before that I was eating 5,000 calories a day. And I remember not complaining, but having a conversation with a client in the gym, I'm like I'm eating 5,000 calories. I'm doing all my training. I'm doing this and you know, I'm losing weight. And they're looking at me like, yeah, lucky you dickhead. I'm sitting here eating fucking 1800 calories and I am, I'm not losing weight. And I'm like, our goals are the opposite, but the struggles are the same. So I'm taking all the boxes that I need to, and I'm not getting towards my goal. And the same thing would have happened that if I missed a meal in a day, or if I, you know, was off my food in a day, like I noticed the weight drop off me right away. Yeah. So it's, it's something that you need to be really consistent with. If you have that body type that, that is a struggle to put on weight. And I have been there and I continue to be there. Like if I, you know, if I miss a meal or I'm not in and around that 3000 calorie mark, I will lose weight pretty rapidly. Which yeah. isn't good fun. Like some people are like, oh, that's goofy. I'm like, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not what you want to do. It's not your goals. Different goals. No, no, I want to be fucking jacked as fuck. Like it's not, and that's the opposite of that. <laughs> Different goals, right? So yeah. yeah. Well, hey, I think that's the podcast. We have a lot of good, good coverage here for from you know tips and frequently asked questions. You know, I think you know keep them coming. If you have questions you want to ask, you know ask, uh, you know definitely let us know, and uh, we'll we'll keep them up in the podcast. Um, but you know keep keep kicking ass and taking names on the, uh, the hacking or the, the hacking your health, uh, side of the house. And, uh, you know, we, it's great to always see on the Twitter feeds, all the motivation and everything that comes through. Um, a lot of the, the different folks that are out there, it's just, you know, super neat to see. So everybody's doing great. And, uh, it's always good to see, you know, folks kicking, kicking butt. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.